So uh, changing hats here, Eric. So kind of being a financial markets uh, (laughs) expert of sorts, um, kind of how are you kind of planning and kind of with your company thinking about, uh, you know, the world, you know, not knowing what's going to be happening here? Well, it is. Uh, it's an interesting time. Um, if I step back more, more um, take a bigger picture view, if I can, and I'll and I'll try to be brief. Um, you know, for a lot of small emerging companies, it's always a bear market, right? Raising capital is incredibly difficult, and of course, uh, when you're doing hard things and you're in your building, it requires capital. So. Um, you know, the thing I learned with coming from Wall Street to the corporate world is it takes all different skill sets and experiences to be be successful. And I was able to sort of bring that experience that, um, that I do have from the financial markets uh, uh, to a team that had incredible technical talent. We had technology that had been developed. We had end markets and domain expertise, uh, but we needed you know, more to, to, to pull it all together. Uh, and, and that's the role I play. Um, now, you know, episodically, you know, it's never a straight line, right? There's always, and, and of course, you're, you're, you have to deal with outside forces. And today, th- those forces are difficult. They're tightening up. Um, I think in this environment, like like everyone, you have to, you know, really spend time prioritizing what you're going to do. You could have 100 things to do, but, you know, you're not going to do them all in the next uh, six months. And you just sort of, you have to make these difficult decisions. And, um, you know, that's a, it's an interesting part of the job. Um, it does uh, have its benefits because focus is is, is typically going to be better than, than than trying to do the scattershot. So it's a way of being disciplined. So I think the investors that, that in, in this investment climate, uh, can make you more disciplined, and I think that's um, you know that that's that's the way we're looking at it. Oh, that's great! And then uh, kind of around the topic of uh, kind of value selling, uh, Diana, how do you th- think about that uh, these days? Yeah, it kind of parlays off of what Eric was saying. So um, you know, my background in corporate cost um, reduction really, I've been through two recessions. I think Eric has been through to as well, is you really learn how to become flexible and adjust, you know, where you're selling and what you're selling and recognizing that the companies that you're selling into are looking to cut costs or they're looking to increase revenue, they're looking to increase the bottom line. And during a recessionary time or a time like we're going through right now, the easiest way to increase the bottom line is by cutting costs. Um, While that's not what salespeople want to hear, Um, they could certainly position themselves with companies that are looking to help companies reduce costs, um, increase ROI. And the very best way to accomplish that is with automation and being able to do better things with less people. Um, So that's ROI. And if you can focus on that during a recessionary time or a slow growth time or a time that we're going through right now, then you found your next bull market, right? As Kramer likes to say on Mad Money, (laughs) there's always a bull market somewhere. um, And that is it. And so we're lucky, um, grateful actually to be in that place um, with artificial intelligence and also robotics where, you know, if you can automate a manual process, then you can both reduce costs for a customer and help them increase revenue. Absolutely. And then uh, that's great. Thanks. And then, uh, you know, Eric, with Ondas, you certainly have some, you know, large rail customers. We won't, we won't talk about the specific yeah. names, but um, the kind of ROI and value sell that, you know, Ondas, you know, provides is the fantastic. 
It is, and, uh, and what we're providing is is really the backbone um, uh, in, in, in the form of a network uh, that they can adopt new technologies for automation. So, um, and just you know, so there's there's some simple math around this. Um, it, the, the class one rails, there's seven of them uh, in North America, including the two Canadians. And they generate something like $90 billion a year in revenue every year. Um, and it's it's a critical part of the economy. It's a very dependable business. Uh, and they vet, invest. Their capital budgets are massive. They're 15 to 20% of revenues every year. Uh, and they invest for ROI. And it's very, very, um, uh, 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 the, you know, the budgeting process is, is, is very strict on that. Uh, so when you can lay out um, uh, this technology and adopt uh, the, the technologies that feed into the network or need the network uh, around automation, you can run the trains 5% faster. That's about that's that's just the math. Simple math is four and a half billion dollars a year of, of incremental revenue at a high margin every year. So folks like Siemens, Wabtec, um, you know, big vendors, Hitachi, Alstom, they want to drive technologies. They want to drive these upgrade cycles where the, the rail customers can adopt these technologies, uh, and they need the network to do that. So you know, it's an interest. It's, it's a great place to be, and we want to. It gets back to the partnership and these platform technologies and how we do, um, develop ecosystems around what we do. You know, Dynam's a great example of partnering on American Robotics. Siemens is a is a great example of how we're doing yeah. it um, at Ondas Networks. Awesome. And uh, Diana, maybe talking about uh, sales leaders that you respect, um, that you've worked with over the years. So there are uh, kind of one or two in particular. Well, my, my go-to favorite uh, is Anthony Robbins. Um, I have his Unlimited Power book on my shelf back here. I've had it for over 20 years. The pages are yellow and dog-eared, and I still refer to it. And a lot of it is all about... Um, positioning, right? And making sure that you're not selling a product or service, that you're selling a solution and that you're understanding what the um, yeah. the person on the other side of the table, what their problems are and identifying in more of a consultative approach. And so Anthony Robbins is just top of mind for me. I've had, you know, great mentors, um, different CEOs that have taught me things through the years, and I'm happy to share any of those. Failing fast is is the best one I have, I think. Um, it, it goes into every area from hiring to um, clients um, to prospects and knowing when to cut them loose and knowing, um, you know, when you've reached a point where it's not a good fit, that failing slowly is not a good option ever. So there you, those are my there two you. secrets. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, my uh, son who was in uh, the one that got drafted, I said, okay, do well fast or fail fast. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I don't know if that's good to say or not. Uh, and there's also a uh, Anthony Robbins, you probably don't know, who's a uh, exec currently at NVIDIA, I believe is where he is. So same name, definitely good sales leader as well, but thought you might be saying that. Um, all right. So we have a couple of questions here. So again, feel free to comment or ask questions. So from Shannon, I guess I'll put this to Diana, kind of who is your typical buyer so I guess, you know, what would be the uh, kind of executive decision maker that you're uh, selling to? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's um, the sales cycle for artificial intelligence starts at the top, um, typically. So we had talked about, you know, what are the uh, priorities for businesses with artificial intelligence? A lot of it is about um automation and cost reduction as a result of automation um, or new products and services, new markets, new revenue streams. And so um, oftentimes it will originate with the C-level executive. It, it may not be the CEO. It may be 
the COO or the chief innovation officer or uh, the chief scientific officer, someone that has been struggling and trying to implement AI but failed, um, but usually the C-suite. And then after our initial meeting and they understand that we focus on decision intelligence and breaking down the process and understanding the KPIs, and it starts to become more technical, which it definitely does when you start talking about how are we going to implement the solution and what does our interaction need to be like, they'll typically pull in their CTO, um, you know, someone in the data science division if they have one. Um, and if they don't have one, we never get super technical. We just simply do our proposal and then they're going to sign off because they know that we've got the expertise. But it's all about how you contract and developing an SOW that really just highlights um, the problem, the solution, the deliverables, um, the strategy, the roadmap, and the cost, and then getting that signature. Perfect. That's great. And then uh, maybe, Eric, to you from uh, Neil, who's at a uh, cool company, Aviso. Uh, so he asked, what's the approach to sell to typically non-tech savvy buyers in oil, gas, transportation, et cetera? So um, kind of you know, thoughts or experiences that you have. Yeah, so I would I say as we introduce some platforms, and I'll try to be quick here, uh, Ondas Networks and American Robotics are a bit different, but they do have similarities in that um, these are um, our technical um, uh, uh, products, and there's groups inside uh, these large organizations who are charged with um, exploring technologies like ours, whether it's a wireless network um, or, or the drone platform, and validating it. So, you know, just uh, you know, with the railroads, uh, um, there's there's really a centralized process to adopt technologies that will be adopted by the whole industry, and there are wireless experts who do that. Then the trick is once you get um, your, your that validation, and they say, okay, you know, we want to build a network. It's trying to get the buy-in from the folks in the field, and when we do that, it's really going out there and saying, making sure a they know there's there's more bandwidth coming their way. And B, we work with the, 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 the vendors, again, the Siemens, the Waptex, the Tashis of the world, who, who are going to create value in the network by, by, by putting more bells and whistles on the train systems that are out along the track or at the crossings or on the trains. Um, as it relates to American Robotics, it's similar, though. It, there's um, a lot of these uh, folks who have drone programs, they're, they're, they're getting their feet wet. Um, they're using piloted drones, and they really would want to adopt adop autonomous technologies. And here we are um, you know, able to do that. So you see those groups who are, who are running the drone programs working with innovation teams who are designed and tasked with Let's solve this problem. Let's find a platform that we can scale and so we can adopt the drone technology and run the businesses better. So that's kind of the, the, the targets we have. Oh, great. Uh, so thanks, Shannon. Thanks, Neil. So anybody else watching wants to ask questions or comment, please feel free. Uh, so now maybe going over to mentors and advice that you've received. So, uh, Diana, uh, any kind of one or two mentors in particular and any uh, advice that's really stuck with you? Well, I did the fail fast one already. That's my top. That was my top um, mentor. And then with Anthony Anthony Robbins, and you know, I, I think I've only had three real jobs in my whole life, so there's not that many to go to. But neuro linguistic programming, if you know what that is, and what, what um, programming? Neural linguistic programming and NLP. So sales. Sales folks that have read Anthony Robbins know it well. It's so important because as a salesperson or even 
as a CEO, you have to have a really thick skin sometimes, right? I mean, not everyone is pleasant. Not everyone is easy to talk to. And I think you really need to figure out how to flip your brain so that your brain isn't running free. And, you know, you could get depressed sometimes in sales, or you could get like nervous, like, am I doing a good job? Is this customer, I can't read this customer, like, do they like what I'm presenting? Neuro linguistic programming is a method that if you can remember it, it's a picturing snapping a finger, snapping your fingers, not actually doing it, but switching your brain so that you're looking at the positive rather than the negative, because it's really easy um, to go to the negative side. And it's, it's, it's easier to go to the negative side than to stay on the positive side, especially if the person on the other side is not having a good day. And so you have to remember how to remove the personal it's business. Right. And I I think that um, that really has carried through for a good 20, 25 years for me. That's great. Eric, what about you? Any uh, kind of one or two mentors you've had over the years and uh, advice that has stuck with you? Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of mentors uh, in my career, and I'm very fortunate. Um, you know, the things that stand out to me, uh, you know, coming from the financial world versus an investment banker, uh, and then as a fund manager, uh, is integrity. Integrity and 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 really, um, you know, the the fact that your reputation is is, is critical. Um, so it's all always about doing the right thing. I, and if I extend that to what I'm doing here. Uh, it's all about customers, right? You, you know, customers and, and, and investors who are supporting what we do. Um, it's, uh, you know, they have to win before you do is kind of uh, is the mantra that I have. And it's some of the things I've learned along the way. There you go. What about uh, advice uh, you would give your younger self, uh, Diana? Oh, I was recently interviewed by someone that was speaking to an all woman um, audience and my entire career has been spent not looking at things that way. And so I think, um, you know, today with diversity and inclusion and talking about, you know, um, making sure you have a woman on the board and you have, you know, a fully inclusive board and, and all of that, it's great. But I think it almost draws too much attention to that fact that you're a minority. And um, I would remind my my younger self, um, that the way that I went about things, not looking at that and, um, really thinking about more, what, what am I bringing to the table? What's the performance that I'm driving, um, rather than the color of my skin or I'm a man or a woman. And I guess it's not advice to my, my former self, Randy, I didn't answer your question. This is more advice to your, to your group, your folks. Um, I, I think that was really, um, it was impactful for me and powerful. And I almost am um, annoyed. Can I say that on, on air live? I'm anno- a little bit annoyed that um, there's so much focus on, you know, that minorities should uh, take a bit, have a, a bigger place. I think it's, it's really on us to, to, to prove ourselves and the same at the same level as everybody else, but just perform, just do your job, work hard, um, show that you're worthy and and working for good people um, and and knowing who you're working with and for is really important. Um, so that that comes to mind first mm-hmm. for me. Definitely. All right. Thank you, uh, Eric. 
So I, me, uh, I, I guess I'll answer it a little bit differently, kind of sort of like Diana did. Um, you know, the thing I've learned, and, and I want to share with, because I do talk to a lot of young people, and Randy, I know you do, and this platform is terrific for people really at all stages of their career. But I think, um, you know, for young and, and people who are just getting going and, and scaling themselves, is the world is incredibly competitive. It's incredibly competitive. And, and, you know, you really need to focus on building skills, right? Skills are personal skills or technical skills around business. Um, and, you know, I get worried a bit in this, and maybe this is just episodic and, and part of COVID and where we're at and coming out of it. Um, but, you know, some of the younger people have, have had experiences that none of us had earlier in our careers and, and nobody ever has and probably ever will where, you know, you're not working, for, you know, there's just so much dynamic change. Right. And I would say there's there's, you know, don't take for granted being present and, and engaged. Right. You might be able to do your job today, uh, you know, in a venue like this. Um, but if you if you think of, if you extrapolate that over weeks and months and years, you get you're missing out on experiences that are incredibly valuable, um, and that worries me. So you know I get back to it. It's you know it, it is a competitive world, and if you don't understand that, you're in big trouble. I yeah. concur. Yeah, it's also too interesting. The uh, I have to always watch what we say, but the you know kind of the younger generation, and uh, mm-hmm. I was exchanging some notes this weekend with a. Uh, top VC and a CEO at a, a tech company and um, one of the, the, I'll say the sales management and the rep from the company, you know, we had some things going on and, you know, I'd sent some, you know, notes on Friday and this is like Sunday afternoon and they needed to respond. And, you know, they basically say, oh, you know, sorry, it's the weekend. I'm like, well, that's BS. It's not, you know what I mean? It's like, but you have to, you know, anyway. If somebody else is going to do it if it's you know yeah it's competitive out there. Your yeah. lunch is not free. <laughs> it is yeah totally. So uh, anyway, so time flies when you're having fun. Uh, you've both been great, Diana. Thank you so much, and Eric, thank you so much, and uh, Tucker behind the scenes as always. Uh, appreciate you. Um, so next uh, week we have Annalise Hussman, uh, who's a sales leader at Gong, for episode ninety nine. And then uh, after that, very excited to have Carl Eschenbach, who's a longtime tech exec and uh, has totally crushed it at uh, Sequoia, uh, coming up for episode number 100. So uh, for those that are members of Sales Community, thanks. For those that are not, you can go to salescommunity.com and uh, there's a um, tab on there that says uh, fall free. So you can use that that one and get a free year membership, or you can do the other one and, and pay for it. So it's, it's your call. And uh, thank you so much to Open Symmetry, the uh, sales performance management uh, framework company. And um, we'll go from there. This gets posted everywhere. So uh, if you want to share it with friends, uh, feel free. So uh, for those on the East Coast, uh, have a great night. And uh, West Coast, uh, you still got to couple hours left, I guess. So uh, Dan and Eric, thanks so much. Thanks Thanks for having me.